Well, good afternoon. How are you doing? Man, it is so great to be here. I, uh, as uh, Scott said, I love, your, I love your president. He has had a huge impact on my life, uh, my wife's life, and uh, just to see what's happening here doesn't surprise us. Uh, this, how many of you have noticed we're living in a crazy time? Um, there's an article yesterday came out in the New York Times about uh, they were trying to coin a new phrase, uh, COVID fatigue. I think we all knew that months ago, that phrase. But in today's competitive ministry culture, it, uh, everything seems to be about relevance, intentionality, uh, or spiritual vision, or even cultural wokeness, so to speak. The pressure today on pastors is amazing. In my network, there's 600 ministers, 170 churches, 44,000 constituents, and, and the pressure that is placed on ministers right now, it is atmospheric. Everybody has this pressure to be this, this perfect leader. Culture wants more. They want them to do more, to be more, to say more. And, and there is a huge pressure today for pastors to kind of be the super pastor, to be as tech-savvy as Zuckerberg, to be as relevant as Furtick, and, and to be as age-immune as President Hagen. Let me show you a picture of Super Pastor. There it is. And so the question for us today is this. What is our most reliable, red-hot resource for relevance? I mean, has Pentecostalism become irrelevant in the wake of a secularized culture or spiritual immunity or even the political, uh, the political Armageddon that is happening? Is, is spirit-filled faith still relevant and why do we need it? That's the question today. I mean, how can the Holy Spirit empower you and I when and where the world needs God the most? I'll help to find the answers to this. I want to draw your attention to a, a new passage, a New Testament passage of Scripture. Man, I have, uh, I have been living in this passage for over a year now, and there's just so much that speaks to our culture. It's Acts chapter 11, verse 25 through 30. But before we read that, let me kind of just set the stage as we pull up on the scene. The New Testament church has received persecution. Stephen has been martyred, and the church has been scattered up and down the Mediterranean coast. Most of the scattered believers went to witness to Jews. However, Acts tells us that a few men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch, about 300 miles north, and it was there that they began to preach to Greeks. The Bible says that, that many came, a great number turned to the faith during that time. So, so Paul and Barnabas team up and they converge on the scene to help this new church and movement grow. They're there about a year they're encouraging the believers. And then we're told that a prophet came down from Jerusalem and predicted that a major famine was going to happen in the future. As a result of that prophecy, the early church set apart Paul and Barnabas to go and prepare for this famine that had not even come yet. But when that famine came, when that famine finally dropped a year later, the church of Jesus Christ was immediately relevant because they had the supplies, they had what was needed. They were not relevant because they were hip. They weren't relevant because they were culturally woke. They were relevant because the Spirit of God informed the church of a need in the future. 
So my goal today is my goal today is to talk to you about a new relevance that is red hot, and that is a spirit-driven relevance that comes from a spirit-filled faith. I want you to underline a couple of words as we dive into Acts chapter 11. I just want to read this portion of scripture with you. Acts 11, verse 25 through 30. It starts at verse 25, this narrative, and this is what it says. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he'd found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit. Can you all just say those three words with me? Say, through the Spirit. Predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. Verse 29, the disciples, each according to their ability, decided to provide help for the brothers living in Judea. They did this, sending their gifts to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. If you've got a Bible that is printed today, I want you to underline a word. If you're using an electronic version, I want you to highlight three words. And that is the three words in verse 28, through the Spirit. I've been doing this ministry thing for over 30 years now, and i got to tell you, uh, when I read that passage, there's something in there that I hunger for today. You see, I can't help to notice that, that this relevance that the early church had to meet cultural needs, it wasn't through group brainstorming, it wasn't through a conference, it wasn't through webinars, no, it was through the Spirit. They were relevant not because of demographic studies or strategic planning or even big data. The scripture tells us they knew what culture would need a year later because it was through the Spirit. It wasn't because of super smart coaches or famine specialists. No, it was through the Spirit. Now hear me this morning, I'm not here saying that any of those things are bad or even carnal, but what I am suggesting is is that they can distract us as believers in Christ followers to an endless well of relevance, and that is the Holy Spirit. Now it would be rare for someone to say to you, you don't need the Holy Spirit in your ministry, in your business. As a matter of fact, in 25 years of ministry, no one has ever told me that I didn't need the Holy Spirit. But what culture, what the church, what's the institution, what traditions have told me is I need just about everything else under the sun. And so what we have here, I want to make a case for the power of the Holy Spirit to lead you and I in levels of effectiveness and relevance that are on the cutting edge of need and answer the big question, why do we need the Holy Spirit in this culture? The first thing that jumps out at me in this passage is is that challenges are overwhelming. You know, there's two kinds of problems in life and in ministry. There is convergent problems, and and those are problems that, that the more smart people you get into the room, the more hands on the problem, the more the solution seems to converge, that it converges upon the problem. Divergent problems are the opposite. The more you study them, the more you educate yourself about them, the more you surround yourself with big brains, the more complex and difficult the problem becomes. I want you to look at the challenges that the early church faced here. Challenges that were bigger than than the church at Antioch could ever face. Challenges that were more powerful, that that had obstacles. It says it was a severe famine. The magnitude was huge. It wasn't a mild famine. 
It wasn't a three-month famine. It was a severe famine. We're also told that, that it was a systemic famine. It was a result of many different things. It affected entire region. We're told that its scope, it would spread the entire Roman Empire. History tells us that, that there was a famine shortly after the reign of Claudius that was a result of an Egyptian grain production that came to a screeching halt and prices of famine and food prices and economic hardship and disease and all these things had. Now, I want to tell you that because what we're seeing here is the challenge was bigger than the early church. But when this prophet came down, when Agabus spoke of something that was yet to come through the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit began to mobilize Paul and Barnabas to become the solution. I need to speak truth to you today. Your future, your future is going to have problems that are way bigger than you. Your ministries are going to have crisis and challenges that are, that are so complex. They are, they are so divergent that you need something from another world. You have problems that you're going to face that are complicated and, and confusing. You're going to face situations in ministry and in life where there is no win, no glory, no hope. Except that we need the Holy Spirit. And I want to remind you today that we need the Holy Spirit. We need a spirit-driven relevance in our lives, in our ministries, because there are challenges in life that are bigger than we are. If you got it, say, I got it. But there's something else that leaps off the pages on why we need spirit-driven relevance today, and that is, that is needs are, are unpredictable. I mean, the early church could not see this. It was a prophecy. It was about the future. There were times that we are living life in the dark. Are, are there any campers here today? Are there any campers out here? And if there are, raise your hand. Come on, do something. Let me see. Okay, there's a couple. Now find someone who's not a camper and just smack their face in Jesus' name. Go ahead. I live in a beautiful state. One of the things that my family loves is wilderness camping. We go off-grid out in the middle of nowhere for 10 days, 14 days. It's, it's a challenge. But i got to tell you, when you are out in the middle of the wilderness, I'm talking there, are no, there is no water, there's no cell signal, there is, there is nothing. It gets dark. How many of you know what kind of dark I'm talking about? And I like to think I'm prepared. We prepare for those trips, and I have a couple firearms that I use. I was walking with my son-in-law one time. We were out, and we wanted to see the, the stars out there. And, and uh, I had my flashlight, and I kind of did, I did this quick sweep of the forest, and I saw these, these two eyes about this far off the ground just twinkling in the light. How many of you know that got my attention? Now, I may be a big boy, but when this boy runs, you need to run too, because I don't run unless there's a reason. I started running. I started running. My, my son-in-law was laughing so hard. I was like Barney Fife trying to get the gun out of my holster. I, I, it was dark. And that's exactly what culture is like today. You and I, many times, we have to lead into the darkness. But I want you to notice that this prophecy enabled the early church to answer a lot of questions they never could. And I want to say to you that spirit-driven relevance is the night vision that we need in church ministry today. 
They, they were told what was going to happen. They were going to told what they needed. They were told how it would affect them. They were told the impact points. It would be the whole entire Roman world. They were told what to do to collect funds. They were told the kind of leadership that they would need to navigate this challenge. And they set aside Paul and Barnabas. They were told about how to make a bad situation into a God opportunity. We need Holy Spirit-driven relevance today because we just can't see in the dark. This past January, I had an instance, sometimes God speaks to us prophetically, but there was a passion in my heart to, to record a 30-day new believer class that was totally internet-based, it was text-based, and and I had all kinds of things I should have been doing as a superintendent. I've been in broadcasting for years, and, and I went in the studio. I was just pounding out these, this resource, and <clears throat> this was January, and I, I had to get it done. I couldn't explain the drive, and, and so we launched it to new believers. All they had to do was text a number, and they immediately got 30, 39-minute files once a day to walk them through the first 30 days of their Christian life. I couldn't explain. I remember, I remember people thinking, man, he's got better things to do. Why isn't he working that? But you know what I didn't know? I didn't know that mid-March, COVID was going to change the world as we know it. And the month after that, 700 new believers were ushered through the first 30 days of their faith because they could send a text to a number and get teaching that comes from them. I could not do that. We need Holy Spirit relevance because challenges are overwhelming and needs are unpredictable. But let me give you a third reason why I believe this passage teaches that we need Spirit-driven relevance. And, and that is that revelation needs application. James tells us that works, faith without works is dead. I think one of, the, one of the biggest problems we have in the Spirit-filled community is we think the move of the Spirit is just for us in that time and that moment. We think it's just like a kind of an emotional cookie that makes us feel good for that time and that place. But, but there is a, a point that prophetic ministry must have an element of practicality about it. And that's why this verse tells us after the prophecy, the disciples, each according to their ability, decided to provide help for the brothers living in Jer Jerusalem. I got to tell you, that is, that is so powerful to me. That no matter what this culture brings, no matter how, how complex the world stage becomes, no matter how bad political Armageddon gets, you and I can count on the fact that the Holy Spirit will lead us in a way that brings powerful application on a practical level. You see, if the spiritual gifts do not produce practical results, they are limited to a time. A small window of time. That moment... But the power of this prophecy was a year long. A year later, this prophetic moment was delivering relevance to the local church. If spiritual gifts do not produce, produce practical results, then what they do is they serve self instead of serving God. They serve our need for the prophetic. They serve our, our little emotional cookie for the moment. But when we allow the Holy Spirit to drive us to a practical level, level, the world is changed because of what God is doing. You see, if spiritual gifts do not produce practical results, their purpose, their purpose is short-lived. I read this passage. i got to tell you, I'm so hungry for this. 
got to tell you, man, I'm so sick of the experts. I'm so tired of the consultants. I'm so tired of, of chronic ineffectiveness in the church. I hunger for the Holy Spirit to fall upon us in a prophetic way that we become what culture needs, not because we're hip, not because we're in, but because the Holy Spirit has revealed to us what our culture desperately needs. That brings me to this last reason. We need Holy Spirit relevance, Spirit-driven relevance because challenges are totally overwhelming. Needs are unpredictable. Revelation needs application. But lastly, strategy, strategy is, is powerless. If I could be transparent with you, I find it interesting that this scripture has all the leadership buzzwords of our time. Listen. It has individual ownership. It says each one participated according to their ability. It has empowerment and the unleashing of, of ability. It says they did this in accordance with their giftings, with, the, with their situation, with their state. Decisions uh, were resolved and it, it had mental deliberation. Each one decided to be part of the solution. There was ownership there. The strategy, it had practical solutions. But here's the interesting thing that we often get backwards. The church was adequately positioned to make an impact upon culture because they heard from God first and strategized later. You see, sometimes I think, I think we waste incredible resources and time and energy because we come up with a strategy that we think culture needs, that we think our cities need, we think our communities need, and then we ask God to bless that strategy. And here, here the spirit-driven relevance was first. It was driving. Can I, can I just be transparent with you? I, I, I got to tell you, there, you're gonna, if, there, if you're in ministry now, you know this. You're going to waste a ton of time. You're going to waste a, a ton of time. Can I even go a little further? You are going to waste a ton of money in ministry. You know that? Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you, not me. I remember pastoring, being involved in a $16 million building program. I, I could never imagine the challenges that came. I could never imagine, no matter how you plan, no matter how brilliant you strategize, some problems are divergent. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering if we got it all wrong. I'm wondering if... If we may waste more money and time and resources trying to, to chase down in our version of relevance, we're not going to the deepest well, and that is the Spirit. I was pastoring in Aurora, Colorado, and I was there about seven years, and I can tell you I was there in my early 30s, and I didn't see it then, but I'm just going to be honest, I was so arrogant. So full of vain ambition. I tried, all, all I wanted to do was build a church, big church. I'm just being honest with you. Now looking back, I wasn't really wanting to disciple people. I was trying to, to build a big church. And, and God began to do a series of things that broke my heart. And one of them was walking the streets of our city. 
Our church had gone through a very difficult building program. The, the building was stopped. It was paused for nearly three years. We were meeting in a school. The world was falling apart. We were running out of money. We were losing people. And I started walking down Colfax Avenue. If you don't know, Colfax Avenue is the longest street in America. Playboy magazine called it the longest, wickedest street in America. It goes through five cities in Colorado through the urban corridors of every one of those. And I started walking the streets with my wife and, and seeing the prostitution and seeing the gangs and seeing homeless kids, homeless elementary kids. I said, this is, this is my city. I didn't know what to do. I, I, I didn't know what to do. I I rented a storefront. We put black stuff over the windows right in the heart of the city, the worst place. And we turned it into a prayer room and we were rotating 100 people a night through this prayer room praying, just say, God, what do, you, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to do? And people would write on sticky notes and put them on the board. And, and over and over again, the word children, it kept showing up. It kept showing up. Children, children in poverty, homeless children. The city told us there were 700 homeless elementary kids. In the school system. We believe that God was leading us to start a church for homeless kids. And that's exactly what we did. We rented out the, the, the biggest elementary school in this poverty ridden area on Sunday. And we produced the most incredible kids church you've ever seen. And, and the amazing thing was a year later, the city was sponsoring a historical tour of Colfax in the, in the, uh, in the museum there. And, and they had the wall full of pictures of Colfax. And, and I was walking back, Scott, and, and I saw a picture of kids in their 50s running down Colfax into a, into a Rexall drugstore. And in the bottom corner of the picture, there was a sign that said, free ice cream for kids who go to Sunday school. And man, something arrested my spirit about that. I mean, obviously, someone in this establishment who owned this had a passion for kids. And I began to do research. I bought the picture. I took it to the historian. I said, where is this? I got the address. Pastor Scott, that address was the same address of that prayer room. And that man's prayer, 70 years later, that children would be touched, was still speaking prophetically in our community. I can't do that. You can't do that. As the worship team comes, and we wrap up our time with God's Word. I want to ask you a question this morning. What if we have it all wrong? I mean, think about it. When the famine came, no one cared what kind of jeans that Paul was wearing. There is no reference to what kind of music they listened to or what kind of social platform they were using or technology was used. No, we are just told through the Spirit they became aware of this need. When the famine came a year later, there were a group of believers who had food for hungry mouths and supplies for poverty-stricken homes because of the Holy Spirit. This morning, I'm going to be transparent. I'm tired of experts. I'm wearied by the professionals. I'm 
disappointed in the clever coaches. I'm disillusioned by serial ineffectiveness. I am skeptical of my own wisdom. But what I am hungry for is a new touch of the Holy Spirit to lead us in what all cultural cultural needs at that time. God, show us. You know he can do that. I think the Holy Spirit is the most red, hot, relevant resource that we have today. And if you join me in that hunger, before we go into worship, I'm going to ask you just to stand. You say, I'm hungry for that, Gene. I want some of that. I want more of that. I need, I need some of that spirit-driven relevance in my own life, in my own ministry, my own calling. And let's cry out. To the one who wants to give it to us more than we can ever desire it this morning. Father God, God, we need you. God, we aren't enough. We aren't enough. We are not enough. Our giftings aren't enough. Our resources aren't enough. Lord, our intelligence isn't enough. We need you. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts about what our culture needs now and in a year and a decade, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen.